0: all right thank you marcus thank you worship team give the lord a shot of praise really quickly one more time because he's worthy amen praise god i i think everybody in our family had forgotten about church a couple times yesterday we were just hanging out and having fun we hope you had a merry good merry christmas we hope you were able to get around family and eat a lot of food and have sugar overload and all that good stuff and uh Man, we did, and I'm ready for prayer and fasting. We always do this the first part of every year. We hope that you'll not forget about that. I do have a word for next week uh, for sure, so come on out for it. We have a good word for today, and I just want to give it up for our worship team for the Friday night, the Christmas Eve service, just amazing. Can we give it up for their hard work and uh, incredible? I think that was the best one uh, yet. If you haven't had a chance, go back and watch it. I think it's online. And really, really, really good job. Just amazing, the film clips and everything that, that took place. I am, a, uh, I am a true Grinch fan, the original 26-minute Grinch. And uh, when I saw the Yahoo Hore up there, I, I just, I melted. It was great. Good job. So uh, really, really good. Uh, you know, we're... We're all a little tired because yesterday was Christmas, and but I have a really, I think, a solid word for you today that it's something I want you to take away from, uh, or with it, and we're. Going going through the five Ws of Christmas. Who was Jesus? Well, he's that good shepherd that we can lean on when when we're broken. And what and where was the second week of you know a baby in a manger, born to a virgin in a stable in Bethlehem. I mean, that just sometimes life doesn't make sense, and uh, and it doesn't. But God will use those areas and times of our life where God does where life doesn't make sense to come out. Uh, uh, and and bring his glory. And the last week was the why. And we know why uh, Jesus came, but there's some really cool aspects in there. And sometimes we have to worship through our weeping. It's important to do that, to understand that even though there might be seasons in our life that we weep, uh, we can worship. Or maybe we can line up some people to worship for us, uh, so not to us, but for us, so that God will give us a breakthrough. And when we come into a worship service, we need to know that, Chains can be broken while we're worshiping, even for other people. That's how God moves. And then today is the win. It's not W-H-E-N, but it's W-I-N. We're winners in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to read out of Luke's Gospel, the second chapter, 25 through 32. We'll pray, and I'll give you some scriptures on, on victory and winning. Now, therefore, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit, into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for joy to your people, Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that we know the victory. We see the victory. We live in the victory. We are part of the winning team. Now open our hearts to receive Those things which you have for us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. Praise God. So in my mind... And I could be wrong. uh, But in my mind, there's three types of winners uh, in the world. Uh, One is the one who just wants to beat you into submission. They're just, we would call it a killer instinct. It's just you, my my father-in-law used to say, don't play pool with Mark. He doesn't give you a chance. He just, if he's going to win, he's just going to win. And we were playing pool last night. And my daughter basically, Jessica said the same thing. Like, give me a chance, pops. And uh, But I just i I can't <laughs> It's just not in me I, I just like'm I, <laughs> I, I need to I, I will I, I, you know I, the younger ones I'll try to give a chance and then I think it was our son Andrew that told me one time about a story of Michael Jordan playing pickup basketball with a ten or twelve year old and he kept swatting the guy, you know. It's like, come on, give me a chance. And Michael Jordan said, I can't. It's just, it's not in me. It's it's that type of winner that has a killer instinct. And then in the 80s, we learned about dressing for success. Even if you're not, you're supposed to wear the right shoes and the right suit and the right clothes. And, And I think sometimes we bring that into the church world, which is unhealthy because... We don't show the real us. It's a mask that we have. And we perceive people as being winners that maybe aren't winners, okay? And then the, the and not that they're not, it's just that they're 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 masking things. And I think we have to be careful because we're supposed to confess our faults one to another. Why so that we can be prayed for one for another, so that we can be healed. And so it's in, it's okay to allow people to see who you are, the real you. And then the third type of winner is the one I'm gonna talk about today, I think a little bit is the the messy winner. David was a real messy winner. David David messed up a lot of times, okay? He ate the showbread. His first wife, Michael, was given to another man. So did he get divorced? I'm assuming so. Had the affair with Bathsheba. He, you know, he, his, his family, one son tried to kill him, another son tried to uh, take over the kingdom. I mean, just, it was a mess. And, and four or five times in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, these are reasons that he should have been taken out and stoned, and yet he wasn't and yet he was a winner because God loved his heart. And two times about David's heart does God speak in 1 Samuel the 16th chapter. He tells Samuel, no, I, I judge a man by his heart. And then in Acts the 13th chapter, uh, Luke says that David was, had a heart after God's. He was a man after God's own heart. And so the, that winner is we're going to talk about today. That's a winner who maybe doesn't look the part, maybe doesn't have the killer instinct, maybe he struggles through life, maybe has trials through life, but in God's eyes. And by the way, that's who we need to please, right? We don't need to please man. We don't need to please other people. We need to please the, the side of God. That person who maybe doesn't have their act altogether, but looks at God looks at their heart and says, that's a, that's a winner. So we want to talk to you today about being a winner. We read of that scripture. We'll refer back to it in one particular place. But I'm going to give you some verses today. If you're taking notes or you got your phone out, just take a snapshot of the screen so that you can say, well, these verses are meant for me. These are verses because it's not W-H-E and when did these things happen? We know they happened 2,000 years ago. We know the apologetics apologetics of it, but it's really about victory today. And I like that song that we just got done singing because at one point they're standing tall, at another part they're falling down, and, and life is full of success and failure, Life is just full of ups and downs. One moment, everything's going really good. The next moment, it's like, oh, man, I didn't think this was going to happen. Didn't see this coming. One moment, you're up again. The next moment, you're down. It's all this roller coaster of emotions and a roller coaster of, of things taking place. And we'll talk about that next week a little bit, too. I think I have a prophetic word just based on coming out of 2020 and 2021 or 2022. I feel that my spirit is really going to be something special for the church world, for Christ followers, for people who have endured the last couple years and just all the mess that have gone with it. And so as we walk through some of these scriptures today, look at them, pay attention to them, and then apply them to your heart. The first one is found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil... For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Can, can, can you grab that? This is why Christmas takes place. This is why the in, this is why the enemy hates not only Jesus but hates you because when we walk in following Christ, when we become a Christ follower, a believer of Jesus and His righteousness, He's destroyed the works of the enemy for us. So, we're winners in Christ, amen? It's important for us to understand because sometimes we think winning is an action. No, winning has already taken place. Winning is an action that Jesus did by by his birth, uh, his death, his burial, and his resurrection for us. And so, winning has nothing to do with us. Winning is very simple, it's not complex. It wasn't easy, but it's very simple. I receive Christ that makes me a winner, not in arrogance but certainly not in ignorance as well. Let's go to the next verse then that we have, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Everybody say victory. victory. Say it with conviction, victory. See, a, a winner is convicted that they can. They know they can win. If you look in the sports realm or the political realm or maybe different business realms, a, a winner knows that they within within them they know that they have the victory. They know some way, shape, or form they're going to win. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the victory. We have it through Jesus. Jesus won the ultimate victory. The enemy's under His feet, and so therefore we are victorious in Christ by that very demeanor that when I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when I become a Christ follower, I'm victorious. Now, I need to be humble in that victory. I need to walk in humility knowing that the victory wasn't something that I did, but it's something that I can obtain by the fact that I walk this thing out in Christ. So I am victorious. I am a victorious warrior. I am the real deal in Christ. One of our uh, people in church is planning for uh, their uh, continuing education. And I said, did you get in? Uh, we're still waiting on it. And I'm not sure. And another one said, don't you think it'll just be a failure if she doesn't get in? I said, no, they're not good enough for you if you don't get in that school. They're not good enough for you. You're already too good for them. Now I think she's going to get in and she'll get straight A's and get her master's. And it'll be, you know, she'll tie the big tide to the church forever. I proclaim it, but but listen to me, in Christ, you are a victorious warrior. In Christ, you are the real deal. Now life has maybe beat you up forever. Life has maybe beat you down forever. But you have the victory in Christ Jesus. This is, you need to know these scriptures because sometimes life just becomes so hard and we think we have to earn it. There's this continual fight of, have I earned my salvation? Have I earned my good graces? Have I earned my mercy? Have I earned this joy? No, there is a continual fight that says, wait a second, I haven't had to earn anything. All I have to do is accept what Christ did for me. And by accepting what Christ did for me, he gives us of victory How through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to 2 Corinthians then for a second, second chapter 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And though he spreads and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. So two things happened here. Back in the day, you know, 2,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago, kings and queens existed on the earth and they, they led things and when a king went out and led his people to battle and when they led the battle they would cut off the robe from the the defeated king they would tie it onto their robe they would form a procession first through the streets of the defeated city, and then they would go back to their city, and they would have a big party, and it would just be royal, and it would be joyful. This is what God did through Christ in the spirit realm when he rose from the grave. There was a procession, Matthew 27, 51 says the graves were open. Those those graves, the spirits of those graves followed them in procession up into the heavenlies where Jesus presented himself and those people as the king. He he won the victory. Now we still, as a fragrance, he says here, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. We talk about Jesus, people in heaven shout. We talk about Jesus, people in heaven cry. We talk about Jesus and the twenty and four saints and elders bowing their knees before the Lord, and they worship him. We talk about Jesus and all heaven erupts. Why is it? Because they honor the the King of kings and the Lord of all glory. Thanks be to God Christ who gives us triumphal possession. So we are his prize. He looks at us. He looks at us in whatever state we're in, whatever position we're in, whether we're high or low or up or down or in or out. We, he looks at us, even if we're messy, he looks at us as winners because he died for us. And without Christmas... Without the birth, we can't have the death. We can't have the resurrection. So for that reason, he comes as a baby in a manger, and he comes so that we can have this possession of part of that to walk through in, in that realm. Let's go on to Romans 8 and 37. Paul says, no, in all these things that we are more than conquerors through, the, uh, through him who loved us. So he goes the first 31 through 36. He's talking about all these trials. Should all these things keep us from the love of Christ? No. Through all these things we are more than conquerors. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loves you somebody needs to hear that today somebody on line watching needs to hear that jesus loves you that much you maybe don't know love maybe you've never felt love maybe you never had love in your life maybe you don't know parental love or maybe you don't know sibling love or maybe you tried to find love in all the wrong places doing all the wrong things or maybe you've just you you know love but you've never felt it intimately from the savior from the from the father through the savior and so when we recognize what Paul is saying and all these things, we're more than conquerors. We're, we're walking in a realm with Christ Jesus that makes us more than victorious. We're a warrior. And then 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let's go back to verse 4 for a second. Let me read it one time more. For everyone, everybody say everyone. everyone. For everyone, that's everyone, who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world even Our faith, King James says that's a hyphen our faith. So let me stop there for a second because I'm kind of caught on that everyone. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Now, it may not look like it. Some people overcome the world, but they still struggle with a lot of doubt. Some people overcome the world, but they still struggle with a lot of addictions. Some people overcome the world, but they still struggle with a lot of just... Mannerism. Some people overcome the world, but they're still, they're still caught in messy awareness of uh, what is going on. Your good actions don't get you saved. Otherwise, your actions would cause your salvation. Only Jesus gets you saved. So only Jesus can make you overcome the world. Now, that doesn't mean I give my heart to the Lord and all of a sudden I just, I just do whatever I want. That's, that's not totally rendering our heart to the Lord. Jesus said, depart from me because I never knew you. I never had intimacy. But this is also why someone like David could be a messy winner or someone like us. Maybe there are people in this congregation right today are watching online. They just feel like their life is messy, like we just don't have it all together. I don't look like that perfect Christian. I, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe God needs you just to be a little bit messy because you're going to get in touch with someone else who's messy as well and needs to know that if God saved you, God can save them. Because we have to know that it, when we open the doors of the church and we walk in the back doors, all of a sudden our messiness doesn't go away in the kingdom's eyes. That we're still very messy to God. Like, man, how how in the world can David get his act together? This guy messed up time after time after time again, and yet God calls him an overcomer and loves his heart. And Again, I'm encouraging you. I think we should be the best we can be. I think we should live the best we can be. I think we should try to live a life that's without sin. I think if we messed up, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm not giving you a freedom just to go out and live however you want. I'm saying if God knows your heart and your heart is bent towards God, you have already overcome through Christ Jesus. It is not based on what you are. It is not based on what you're doing. It's based on whose you are. And if you're found in Christ, you are a son of the almighty God, and you have been given power by him. That's simplicity. We've made this thing too complex. I'm born again, so now I can't do all these things. Well, probably some of those things you shouldn't do anyways, whether you're born again or not. We've gotten a list of do's and don'ts. No, here's the number one do. Let your heart be bent towards Jesus Christ. And you listen to the power of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you how you should live. But you are an overcomer because you follow Jesus Christ, not because you come to church every Sunday. But you pray and fast every January. You give tithe every every week. That, that might help you. No, no Never mind. I'm, 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 I'm just messing with you. We, we, we've made it a list. People have made it a list. Church leaders have made it a list. Because it's a lot easier if we make everybody do this, then there's a lot less work. Proverbs Solomon says, wherever the stall uh, is, is messy, wherever the oxen are, where, the stall, where there's no oxen, the stall stays clean. In other words, pe- we don't like dealing in people's mess, but people get messy, there's going to be heartache. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be, there's going to be just junk that take place in our life. But I like this verse for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. In other words, when Bible says God sees the end from the beginning, he already sees you as an overcomer. Yes, there might be some battles you got to fight along the way, but when you get to the other side, you look back at your life and say, man, alive God, thank you for holding me here. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for carrying me here. Thank you for allowing me to lean on you there. Thank you for covering me here. Thank you for taking care of me here. Thank you for making me be an overcomer just because I accepted you. Not only do we get salvation, we become a winner. And yes, many of us are messy winners in our life. Many of us, none of us deserve the salvation that Jesus paid for us. None of us. But because some people seem to act a little better, some people wear the mask a little bit better, or some people just really push through a little bit better, doesn't make them any more overcomer than the person who's just a little bit messy in the relationship, but man, their heart loves God with everything. It's like, man, God, my heart loves you. My heart needs you. My heart's chasing you, and nobody will do anything with you because you're just a little bit messy. God loves you, and the Holy Spirit will just take control of you if you allow him to. Can you say amen? It's about being a messy winner. We don't like, man, we had the kids over yesterday, the ones that live in town, and Janie had crab legs and she had shrimp and she had scallops and she had filet and she had potatoes and she had a mess. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to take a picture just to see the mess. There was presents and wrappings and boxes. I filled up the back of the Jeep just with trash. It was, was, I couldn't put anything else in that thing. And it was, it was, it was just full of stuff and the house is full of stuff and and i didn't look at the mess at all i looked at what the mess accomplished family time good food present sharing laughter i won pool i'm sorry i just threw that in we watched football we saw the little kids open. Would you put this together? Poppy, can you, can you Bobby, when we, little Judah had a, had a mail truck. And I, I think he said what every delivery carrier has said yesterday. He said, look at Poppy, the truck's empty. It's like every package has been delivered. He, sh- he shared that with me three or four times. Look at Poppy. Thank you for UPS and FedEx and Amazon and USPS. And thank you for the packages that were delivered. And thank you for serving. And thank you for all those carriers out there. And if I missed you, I'm sorry, but thank you. And I didn't see a messy house, although by the time we went to bed, the house was clean, the dishes were done, the laundry pulled back, all that was done. It was beautiful. But I saw inside the mess the beauty of family. And I think that's what God sees. Sometimes we see the mess and God sees family. Sometimes we see the mess and God sees salvation. Sometimes we see the mess and God sees overcoming Sometimes we see the mess because we've been conditioned not to show the mess to people. But God sees the mess, church. And I can tell you this, most of the time, he just loves it. I tell Janie, honey, that, I mean, that's a lot of food. I know. But I think we should have three more desserts and two more vegetables. And let's have three different kinds of rolls. I said, honey, we don't need all that. Uh, but it's just not the same. It's just gonna, and here's where I, it's just going to create a mess. That's okay. I'll take care of it. That's what God says to you about you. When you get yourself in just a little bit of a mess, he says, that's okay. I've already made a way out. You're an overcomer through Christ who strengthened you. You can do all things. In life, we get messed up by the mess. Do you think Jesus got a little bit messy on the cross? 39 stripes, a crown of thorns, a pierced side, nail scars in his hands and feet, a lot of blood, pretty messy. You think he got a little messy at birth, giving birth? Marcus talked about it, I think, last week, in a stable or two weeks ago, in a stable, in a feed trough, messy. Life becomes very messy, but Jesus said, through Paul, through the Holy Spirit, hey, if you you accept me, you've already overcome all that mess. The mess is just part of it. I think Jesus loves messy winners, winners who aren't afraid to just be a little messy at times. Again, I'm not saying if your condition of the heart isn't right, that's a different kind of mess you're in. We need to get you out of that. Because it's a condition of the heart allows us to to jump into that mess with you or alongside you that says, hey, God loves you. Five things. Let's go to verse 27, Luke 2. I want to give you five things just really, really quickly on why it was important for Jesus' parents to walk him into the temple that day it says and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do him according to the custom of the law if you read through leviticus especially around verse 12 or 13 or chapter 12 or 13 you'll see that there's five main customs of the law that were fulfilled this particular day by them taking Jesus into the temple. And there's a spiritual significance that still take place so that when you become a messy winner and some of our life becomes messy, that these spiritual laws will take place in the significance. The first thing is they took him in to be circumcised. He had to be circumcised before he could be presented to the to the high priest. And on the eighth day, you get circumcised. And it's a blood covenant that takes place. This is why God commanded the Israelites become circumcised in the wilderness before Joshua and Caleb could fight into uh, the land of Canaan over Jordan, was because they had to form a blood covenant with with the Creator. Well, that's not as necessary now as it is because there's a blood covenant with Jesus Christ who died on the cross. He shed his blood for this new covenant, this New Testament. He says it in the Book of Mark, in the Book of Luke, and in the Book of John, talking about the Last Supper. He talks about a blood covenant. So he's covered a blood covenant with us. So they're one, they had to be circumcised. And two, there was a naming of the child. I love that song we sing, The Blessing. And we sang it last week. And, there, and we declare blessing over our children and our children's children, over our families. And there, Jacob grabbed the 12 tribes of, of Israel, of himself, and he called them by name. And then he pronounced a blessing on Reuben and Dan and Gad and Nephtali and Levi, Benjamin and Joseph. He proclaimed a blessing over each one. He called them out. And so when we name our child, when we name our children, Janie and I would get together, and she'd have a whole list of names, and I'd, you know, see how they rolled off my tongue. And, and then she would, I like this one, and how do you like that one? I like that one. And so we came up with Jill Lindsay, and our daughter Jill will, call, will tell Janie every now and then, I really like my name. Jill Lindsay, and Jill will say it, Jill Lindsay. I really like that. I really like her name too, Jill Lindsay. And I like Jessica Francis, who's named for both of her, her grandfathers. And I like Mark Allen Dolphins Jr. Mark Jr., I call him. Y'all call him Marcus. But his name's really not even Marcus. It's Mark. And then when he was in the first or second grade, the teacher would say, Mark, come here. He would look at her and say, Name not Mark, name is Marcus. Was it first grade or kindergarten? Kindergarten. Teach the, he would teach the teacher. And then we have Andrew Thomas, who Janie wanted Andrew Jackson. And I said, You're not naming him Andrew Jackson. You're part Indian, for goodness sake. You're not naming him Andrew Jackson. <laughs> she, she liked how it rolled off the tongue, although she wasn't very good with history at that point in time. And uh, So we named him Andrew Thomas. <laughs> I like our kids' names, but, you know, the Bible says that when those who are Christ followers. Uh, Revelations 2.17 says that when you get to the other side, the Lord's going to give you a new name that nobody else has ever had. You've been promised a name. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you did a couple things. One, you became an overcomer. You became a messy winner, but you are a winner nonetheless. And then you became someone that had a brand new name. Nobody else's name, just like nobody else's DNA. You have a new name written down in glory. It's yours. And it's a beautiful name. It's a God-given name. He thought so much of you that he just reserved that one name for you, not somebody else's name. Not Sometimes I can yell Mark in our church and five or six different marks will stand up. It's like the Mark church, okay? We got Mark here and Mark there and Mark over, over here. And sometimes you can name different names Jessicas. We have four, or five, or six Jessicas in our church and they're different names and maybe they're may more common or John Smith. And if your name's John Smith, God bless you, you already know this. That's a very common name or Jim Jones, or common names. But when you get to heaven, only you will have your name because only you have your identity. So when you're found in Christ, can I say this, and you might be a messy winner, you don't have to please anybody else. You just have to please the king. And he's the one that will give you. New name written down in glory. So they named the child. They said, "Call him Emmanuel, God with us." They named him Jesus. They called him this, but they named him that. And so you have a name, and maybe your name means something in your personal life, or your or your you know look up in the dictionary or online. What's my name? My name means warrior. Maybe that's why I have a killer instinct when I play some games that I try not to stay away from, so I don't have that instinct with the kids or with the family but you have a name and it means something, but you're going to get a, a new name. So they named the child. They named Jesus. Number three, there was a ceremonial purification of Mary. She had to await a certain amount of time before she could come out, before she could go anywhere. So she, her first visit would have been to the temple. That's the external worship that we're supposed to have. When we come into church, we decide I'm not coming just for the free coffee and donuts or whatever there is. It gets you here. But at some point in time, I just got to worship the king. It's my external worship. So her first visit outside the house was to the temple with her son. This is a good meaning. It's a good symbolism that, listen, if I need something, I need to run to Jesus. I need to worship him. I need to glorify the king of kings. The fourth thing was the presentation then. They would have shown, and you saw Simeon here. He raises up the baby. This is the first time that someone other than Joseph or Mary recorded, handles Jesus. AND HE CALLS HIM SALVATION. See, we find our salvation in the presentation of Jesus because when we're presented with this awesome idea that someone has died for our sins, that even though we're a little bit messy, I can receive this this salvation is for everybody. There's not a prerequisite. I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be of a certain economic stature or social stature. It's not who I know as long as I can know him. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter if I have dinner with kings or queens or hierarchy or certain rich people, that Jesus takes me just the way I am. And I might be a little bit messy, but he loves me that way. So Jesus is presented in the temple, and he's presented to God, and there's a declaration made, and we're gonna declare some things next Week. And yes, that that's quite often uncommon at the first part of the year. But I really feel like after 2020 and 2021, that God is showing us some things just to to declare. and to, As the church world, worldwide, we need to declare. But they presented him as Jesus to God. And then last but not least, there was an offering of sacrifices. Again, this is out of Leviticus, the 12th and 13th chapter. And if you were rich, you brought a calf to the temple, or a, a lamb, a sheep, to the temple. If you were poor, you brought two turtle doves or two pigeons. And Mary and Joseph didn't have a lot of resources so they brought two pigeons. And this is where God says, hey, I can relate to all humanity because I'm not impressed by any humanity because I am, he is the king of kings and the Lord of all glory. And in his humble nature, he comes down as a baby in a manger and his mom and dad don't have a lot of wealth. They bring two pigeons. But it's our act of worship. It's our act of sacrifice. It's what we bring when we come to the church. We bring a tithe or an offering. We bring a services. We, we work in nursery or as a greeter or maybe we do something, in uh, cleaning or whatever. And then we, we bring our time. It's our time to worship. So we have time and talents and treasures that we bring. And yes, it, sometimes it becomes a sacrifice. There are days, and this morning was one of them, I really didn't feel like coming to church. I couldn't call a snow day. It's going to be seventy-three degrees. <laughs> couldn't call a holiday. That was yesterday. I had to get up. <laughs> like Lord, I just don't feel. I just don't feel it today. And that sometimes is when you have your best worship, when you don't feel it. Like I just don't feel like it. Like I couldn't have enough Red Bull this morning to get me going. I had energy drink. I had coffee. Then I had another coffee, and I. Had, Lord, you got to, you're, this is going to have to be you today. <laughs> and he said, it should be me every day. You're right. <laughs> so we bring a sacrifice of worship. Maybe a sacrifice. I would challenge you. I did this at the start of last year. If you don't bring a regular tithe to the storehouse, I would challenge you to tithe off your, your first fruits, to tithe off your weekly employment. Why is that? It's just honoring God it's just giving to god back to god what is already his to be honor god with your time give give him time each morning read a scripture pray pray your prayers on the way to work or on the school or whatever but give god your your time come on back worship team let's let's we're going to sing with the uh, finish with a beautiful beautiful song about victory but you are listen you are a winner in Christ Jesus you are in fact you are more than a winner in Christ Jesus. You are a conqueror, and you are more than a winner, more than a conqueror, because you didn't have to fight the battle. Stand with me this morning. I want you just to just close your eyes for a moment. We're not going to ask for a show of hands. I want you just to meditate. Maybe life has beat you up just a little bit. It certainly has. Or maybe life is just a little bit messy where you're at, and not because of the packages and paper and the and the food, or the leftovers, or just the, the messy house. Maybe life is just a little bit messy because you have no idea what 2022 is going to bring, or maybe it's a little messy because you lost a loved one this year, or maybe it's a little bit messy because you know people that are hurting, or maybe you're hurting, or maybe there's just a lot of pain in your life right now, or maybe you can't get over that addiction, or maybe you can't get over that, that struggle in your life, or maybe you just can't you can't push through, and you know you could. You know Jesus is on your side. I want to tell you, you you are an overcomer already. You're already there. You just, by faith, have to ask Jesus to help you walk it out. And let me tell you this: He's okay with your mess. He's okay with that mess, as long as your heart is melted towards Him. If you're trying to cover it up, if you're trying to dress for success. If you're trying to make it, fake it until you make it. I'm not sure God's in with that. I don't think he likes you to fake anything. I think he's okay with your mess if you just be real with yourself and real with him. Lord, I just need you, and I need that. I need you to help me through this mess right now, but I thank you in advance for making me an overcomer. I thank you in advance for seeing me through. I thank you in advance that it's not the things that I don't do. It's really the one thing that I do do, and that's accept you as the Lord of my life to help me walk through this mess that I might be. So, Father, I pray right now is that everybody is just contemplating, Lord, themselves. Those that might be in a mess, help them. Those that are walking, Father, Lord, humbly in obedience before you, Lord, let them help others. Let them accept others just the way they are, that that we can walk this thing out together. Lord, and help us, Father. Lord, as you already have stated, we are more than conquerors. So watch over each and every person and thank you for them. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. Let's sing this song together. Bless you.
1: Um, together. We were in the same situation and it really took a toll on our mental health. And um, I'll never forget what Sarah told me. She said, Emily, we are on mission, take back our joy. And so I thought the Holy Spirit just told me, share that with you. Mission, take back my joy. Maybe it's not joy for you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's mission, take back my health. Maybe it's mission take back my relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's mission, take back my family. Like, whatever it is, I think I felt the same thing. 2022 is going to be a new beginning, that the Holy Spirit just has an outpouring for the church. And I feel that the, the enemy has just tried in 2020 and 2021 to just crush us, crush the church, and just get us discouraged and get us down and get in our minds. But I just feel that the Holy Spirit has such an outpouring That is going to take place in 2022. So it is mission. Take back my whatever that is in your life. Take it back. The enemy does not win. He is under our feet. We have the victory in Jesus' name. So just take it back. Claim it. Say, you do not win today, Satan. You do not win. You will not win. 2022 is holiday, and a Merry Christmas, and um, yeah, New Year's almost here, so let's just close in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every person who came out to share with us today. God, I pray that you would just begin to just um, pour your spirit out, um, that you would just begin to just get us ready, God, for what you have for us in 2022, that we would be so expected and so ready um, to just receive whatever you have for us, God. So I pray that you would go with us um, through this holiday. Um, bring us all back next week and uh, just give us a good rest of the day and Jesus' name. Pray, amen. Thank you guys. Have a great day.
2: Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.